and welcome to episode number 18 of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by some of the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. And this week, we are not kidding, without question, we have all four of us here today. Brett Colson, Dustin Gauker, and Eric Ramsey. Eric Ramsey got off of dial-up. He is here with us. Dustin is no longer traveling and gallivanting around the world. And Brett is taking a break from calling out some of the biggest names in the uh, football and fantasy industry. We will hit on that topic a little bit later. Brett, you know he's angry when he takes to Twitter, so we will hit that in just a little bit. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, sir. I, I, you say greatest minds every week. I mean, we have minds. I don't know if greatest is, is actually accurate. but <laughs> True. But hey, listen, we'll, uh, we're going to continue going with that. And uh, sooner or later, it will actually come to fruition. Guys, we are on the iTunes machine. So please subscribe, rate, and review. These are things that help us out. Subscribe. I hear if you, can, if you unsubscribe and resubscribe, you're basically gaining, gaming the system and it helps out some weird way. So if you want to do that, that sounds even better. Um, and we're Is that also, legal? Is that legal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's crazy. I guess like it just, it's just total subscriptions or something or whatever. And you can just game the system by subscribing and unsubscribing and then resubscribing or something. So, well, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, sure. I mean, anything to bump us up the old, uh, bump us up the old charts there. And by next week, we have tasked one Dustin Galker with getting us a fancy email address where you will be able to email us your love, your hate, your questions, your feedback, your tips, your tricks, whatever it might be. And we will address that here on the program as well. Guys, we are going to start off with the quick hits like usual. We'll get into New Jersey and things that are going on there. Pretty busy week there. Pennsylvania, also some busy stuff going on. Of course, we're only a couple of weeks away from week one in the NFL season, so there are some big news and even some uh, and only one week away from college football season and some big news there as well in the daily fantasy space. And then we will talk about a couple of other things that went on in sports book news and just one thing that's kind of getting under our skin a little bit. But let's kick things off here. Dustin, tell me about Orrin Hatch, our old friend that we talked about, you know, a few few weeks ago. Well, I guess it's been over a month now, but uh, Mr. Hatch is back in the news. Yeah, Senator, uh, one of the original architects of PASPA, the, the law that obviously went away when the Supreme Court ruled against it. Uh, he was speaking on the floor of the Senate, gave a 15-minute speech all about sports betting. And uh, the big takeaway there, he promised a sports betting bill within the quote-unquote coming weeks. So uh, we expect to see that. Now, how likely you are to see motion, uh, any action on that? I don't know that we're talking September by that point. Of course, we're in the middle of, a, of an election cycle. Uh, Orrin Hatch is also retiring at the end of his term. So um, while this is uh, certainly a, a real effort, it's not going away. Uh, there's, some, there's some question about whether this is anything's going to happen in the short term. Yeah. And, and Eric, anybody familiar with poker knows there's been people have tried to bring up, you know, bills and things like that, that outlaw all kinds of different things or or try to put up some sort of framework that that is favorable to their con to, to basically their financial backers and stuff like that so i think that i think that this could be one of those things where it's more show than go yeah and this is um you know it like dustin said election year probably not much is going to get done he did say in his speech that he was kind of upset that uh the house committee you know postponed their meeting they were going to have on sports betting so i think this is just designed to sort of uh you know kick kick everyone back into gear here and at least rekindle the conversation whether or not we see something from him um this year, it sounds like at least the conversation might might pick back up. 
Hatch yeah. needs to keep everybody who uh, you know uh, happy who he's been working with on the back end. I mean, this is not coming from Orrin Hatch by himself. This is you know probably lobbying from the league. So we're we're yeah we're not gonna we're as long as he's still in office, I think we're gonna see him pushing the issue. Brett, on your list of favorite senators, where does Orrin Hatch fall? Like what would you <laughs> right, say? Right, right near the bottom. Right near the bottom. Right near the bottom. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Eric, tell us about DraftKings in West Virginia. Uh, yeah, DraftKings has a license in West Virginia this week. We uh, I found out on Wednesday that they had applied early this month, and then Wednesday afternoon they got approval from regulators, so they're good to go. The only problem is they don't yet have a partner, as far as we know, in West Virginia. So they have a license. It only costs them a thousand bucks to apply for that, um, but they are still waiting for a casino from which to launch their sports book, as far as we're aware. Can I apply for one? For I have a thousand dollars sitting around. I know. I mean, let's do it. I think we should all. I think we should all pull together and do this. I'm in. Is, there, is everyone in? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. That'll be we'll, – we'll update you guys next week on how that all turns out. Um, CG Technology, Dustin, this was one of those things we hit on a couple of weeks ago here when the news first broke, but there was a hearing in Nevada this week. Yeah, Sportsbook Operator in Nevada runs the books for a bunch of casinos in Vegas. Uh, they were had a settlement where they were going to get fined and then um, have to kind of shutter their sports betting technology, and that didn't seem real good. And then they had this hearing with the uh, Nevada Gaming Commission uh, just this week where they said, hey, we're not going to take this settlement. You, uh, We might take your license away entirely. So uh, this was some pretty bad news. CG has been in trouble several times, been fined millions of dollars for, for problems with you know, all sorts of things from taking bets after uh, uh, events have already ended to not paying people out the correct amounts, both too much and too little. So they're out there. Uh, they're right now. They could be on the chopping block. They could see their license revoked. Regulators are obviously not real happy that nothing's been fixed there. So uh, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens there. But there could be kind of a hole in the operator platform side on uh, Nevada sports books uh, in the near future. Yeah, this is still pending. So I don't want to harp on this too much. We'll obviously follow up on this whenever things kind of get going here I think there's a 30-day timeline that something's got to at least come out but uh, I guess my question is if you can be fined for major violations three times over the course of two years and you're and the threat of your license getting pulled is out there like what do you actually have to do to get your license pulled do you have to sit there and say like we did in fact take a bet from a nine-year-old in Hawaii but we self-reported it so I mean everything's fine like everything's cool like don't worry about it like I just don't understand what you actually might have to do to get your license pulled if if, if violations three different times over the course of a couple of years it, it doesn't get it done yeah, that's what the that's what the regulators basically said. There's a commission, the Nevada Gaming Commission, and there's the Nevada Gaming Control Board, which is more actual in the weeds on what's going on and, and enforcement. Um, they basically said, well, this settlement is kind of garbage. You guys have continually just messed up. You're messing up geolocation where you're letting people bet outside of Nevada. Your your system doesn't work, and why are we still letting you take bets? So it's uh, yeah, there's a question of yeah, this is a, it's a wider question for as things roll out. Like people. Are, this is we're supposed to be having a regulated market in the U.S. where things are up on the up and up and square, and we're having CG kind of come in here and not having the best of best of luck with having its technology work, and that's a, that's a bad look for regulated sports betting for sure. And Brett, one of the things that you and I are very very excited about, we talked about Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods. They had kind of floated out there that this was going to happen, but as of this week, it is officially official that we are going to have Phil Mickelson against Tiger Woods. Yeah, I feel like this has been confirmed like three times already now. But we do have an official purse, $9 million in this heads-up match in Las Vegas Thanksgiving weekend. We also know that every shot will be viewable on the BR Live app and DirecTV via pay-per-view. 
So this is uh, this is a reality now. Both guys are promoting it on their social accounts and in the media. Tiger is even talking about his odds to win. So they are fully embracing the betting aspect of this challenge. And it should be a really cool event for everybody. Yeah, I was able to talk to a couple of different sports book guys uh, that run run books around town. And basically, the what we thought would happen is definitely going to happen since they have such a long lead into this. I mean, there will be like every single hole will be handicapped. Um, they're going to go through and talk to all these pros that have played this course several times. Talk to, you know, Ryan Moore is from... Uh, UNLV, he's on tour, so he's played this course just a ton, a ton of times, so they're going to consult with him on kind of how this course plays and whatnot, and so, you know, different holes might have different odds for favoring Tiger, for favoring Phil, for, you know, because obviously one's left-handed, one's right-handed, this plays better for a lefty, this plays better for a righty, different things like that, so this is going, the, the amount of props that are going to be available for this matchup is going to be completely absurd. Now, Dustin, Eric, you guys uh, want to chime in here. It does seem that it, it might hamstring a little bit the betting market with it being pay-per-view. I thought this had a chance to be completely massive from a betting standpoint if this was going to be you know, uh, on Fox or something or CBS or whatever it might be, some major network, even a cable network. But with it being on pay-per-view, I mean, that's, that's definitely going to kind of hamstring who, who watches this and obviously then in turn who bets on it. Yeah, I think there's a pay-per-view is going to be a something that stops a lot of people from watching it. I mean, this is Thanksgiving weekend. You can watch uh, you can watch other sports. It's not like if this was in the dead of summer, I think it would be pretty a pretty big uh, pool for PPV. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think that's the greatest thing. I think uh, I think just putting it out there on a network it would have been a smarter play. It looks like a, more like a money grab now. They're just putting it on pay-per-view. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people, including some of us, will will plunk down the money to watch it. But I yeah, I don't I don't love the decision the decision to put it on pay-per-view eric eric what is your what's your pay-per-view threshold for this like what what's what what would you what would you pay to watch this it's funny dustin said in our in our slack chat he's not sure if he would pay 60 dollars. it sounded like right about the the cutoff for him um i can't imagine anyone not paying i'm so excited about this i have a hard time thinking rationally and i would pay probably way too much money to watch this uh if i can't be there in person so I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question to because I'm just dying to consume as much of this uh, event as I can. Yeah, it'll be pretty interesting when they do finally set the price point for this because there's a very wide range of where this could fall. I mean, if we talk about like a typical like UFC event, if you want to, let's just use that. You know, if you want to watch that in HD, it costs you like 60 bucks, right? It's like 59.95. If you, but then if you buy like a single game on Red Zone to stream or something, it's like 6.99 in a week. If you're at a market and for whatever reason want to watch your team play so we have like a range of like seven dollars all the way up to like sixty dollars as to where this could kind of fall in so where where they decide to to land this is going to be pretty interesting i imagine i imagine probably somewhere in the middle of those two um i I can't imagine that you could price it at 60 and get the type of turnout you're looking for and then seven might be a little bit too 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 shy i guess um let's talk about illinois and connecticut before we move on to new jersey here just some quick updates dustin what's going on in those two places uh, yeah, just real quick here. Um, Illinois is in the middle. It held the first of its two hearings on a casino expansion bill this week. Uh, not much happened, but set the stage for the second hearing in October, which should feature sports betting and online gambling a little more diligently. And Connecticut is not going to have sports betting this year. Uh, the governor called off 
tentative plans for a special session to revisit the issue. There's just too too many things left to decide there, so that'll have to wait for next year, officially dead. And a little bonus third state for you here, Ohio, uh, I believe is the only state that has already pre-filed legislation for 2019, so they will be one of the first to consider sports betting next year. Right here on this very podcast, we had a prediction from one Dustin Galker that by the time you listen to this next week, there would be someone else that was taking bets via mobile in the great state of New Jersey. And Dustin, you have proven not to be a liar. That's true. Uh, Eric called me out for not sending a, a lame line of one instead of one and a half. <laughs> but we, we had two we had two online launches, Play MGM, MGM Resorts International and Zubergade in Atlantic City. They launched uh, this week with an, an app that's only on Android. Uh, we expect a, a fuller launch here in the, new, in, the, in the coming days. And then a day later, we saw Sugar House, which is a Philadelphia area casino that's actually in uh, Pennsylvania that uh, already in the New Jersey online casino business ramped out, rolled out the first ever in uh, sports betting uh, slash casino app where you can access it both on desktop and on mobile. So uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has some competition now for the first time. So that's pretty interesting. And we're going to see where the market goes. Yeah. One of the interesting things, Brett, from the standpoint of things that sports bettors like to, you know, talk about and nitpick and different things like that is the, the Play MGM app in New Jersey is going to have Uh, different lines based off of you know over there on the east coast compared to the book in Nevada Um, I think it's one of those situations where what they're seeing from early numbers is there's just a very very big regional bias right now as far as the betting is going and so uh, they don't want to take on that liability of of having an imbalanced book so um, I think we're going to see it at least for the, the the near future and maybe just going forward in general because I know over there in Jersey uh, those East Coast teams are taking a lot of action yeah the Jets Giants Eagles are getting <laughs> huge volume and in, we're only talking about the preseason so far I think uh, like 30% of the the preseason volume on the FanDuel Sportsbook was on the Jets last week which is just crazy uh, but yeah this regional bias we're going to be seeing it all over the place starting with New Jersey of course they're going to have a similar situations down in West Virginia with the West Virginia football team when that kicks off next month. So yeah, this is something we're going to be seeing all over the country uh, for, for a while. Was anybody sweating that, that huge five, nothing Browns Eagles uh, <laughs> game last night? God, God help you. If you were at a, a better a DFS contest based on that. thing. Oh man, that was uh, I was traveling fortunately, or I might've had some action going on that thing. So I'm glad that I definitely wasn't. I mean, and when we talk about this regional bias, I mean, it's going to stretch beyond New Jersey. I mean, when you go into Mississippi as well, you know, uh, the, the closest NFL team there is the Saints. I imagine money on the Saints is going to become rolling in, especially in Biloxi. It's a pretty short drive over from New Orleans. And a lot of people, you know, basically, if you were just from that area, that's just the team you claim anyway, because that was the closest team and the team that's on your television and whatnot each and every week. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, Eric, we're talking about all these apps launching and things like that. Where is Monmouth's app? Uh, it's coming apparently, but we've been saying that about a bunch of operators. We, uh, the newest update, uh, Dennis Drazen, who runs the track there says he's fairly confident it will launch before NFL season, which, you know, is less than two weeks away. So time is running tight. Um, based on his comments, it sounds like it's in the hands of the DGE and William Hill to, to get their paperwork and the application sorted out. So right in the final stages here, um, with, with time ticking towards football season. And Dustin, what about resorts? 
Uh, same thing. We're kind of in a holding pattern. Um, I think they said, I don't think they're going to be ready in time for football season. I think we're looking more like later in September and possibly early fall there. I think they're just a little further behind than everyone else. But I, you know, I think we're going to see some, some, some more apps beyond the three we have now, even by, you know, maybe this time next week. And I guess everyone's asking about FanDuel as well. Of course, we talked about how well the, the physical book did. Uh, opening up over there, but I guess FanDuel were probably sitting in that same situation, just kind of in a holding pattern. Yeah, I know. I think we know because I, well, I don't think, I think we're allowed to report on this. Eric is going for a product demo next week. He'll be in the, in the, in the New York city for that. Um, so, you know, if you, if you're going to read the the tea leaves, that probably means they're going to launch pretty soon because they have an app that they're, they're demoing for press. So. And we will, we will be all over that. Mr. Eric Ramsey will report for us and let us know the ins and outs of that thing. I actually just got back from Atlantic City. I do some programming for the various, you know, in, in the sports book space, in the fantasy sports space, and poker space, and things like that. So I uh, had to go over there and do some programming. So I was able to check out some things over there when I was there. I downloaded all of the apps that were actually functional and, and, and played around on those things. I went to a couple of the different books over there. I mean, one of the things I think that we... Maybe just because there hasn't been anything come out yet. I mean, I was at Borgata. Their book over there actually closes during the week at 1130 um, local time over there. Um, So we were talking about the the book closing at 1 a.m. and and people losing their minds about that. And this this book actually closes at 1130 uh, local time over there, which, of course, as you know, is 830 on the West Coast. So there's zero chance that the West Coast baseball games or NBA games, should they keep it at that time, frame whenever uh, that season starts as well those games being over so if you you either don't bet on those games essentially or you're going to have to be coming back the next day to cash your ticket if you were to win so that was one of the biggest kind of takeaways for me I was able to check out the space that they are actually building the the physical sports book there right now it's just a temporary race book turned into a, a sports book but I, I checked out the space where they're moving and going to take over it's a big large space open right in the middle of the casino lots of foot traffic and things like that so uh, they're going to feature it prominently it's not going to be kind of tucked away like it is in some of the some of the places even here in Vegas some of the sports books are kind of like tucked away in a corner but that's not going to be the case at at Borgata there in Atlantic City so at least from a physical standpoint they are going to uh, really have that kind of kind of out there and trying to get things going with with all of that. I mean, um, I know when the when the app launched, I was you know looked looked around at it, and it's even a little different than the one that I you know I use here in Nevada and stuff. So I think that you know when it comes to all these things, I think we're going to see this continue. Right, whenever these companies that are in multiple locations, there might be slight differences in the in the apps and the variations of the lines and and things like that, which. I'll tell you this, I'm sure is going to make a sportsbook director's job difficult as hell. I cannot imagine having to try and figure out how to tweak lines regionally based and different things like that. That's certainly not a job I would be, uh, certainly not a job I'm going to be volunteering for, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think and your, uh, to your point about the different apps, I mean, we only have three so far. This is going to be a major point of, you know, but, uh, you know, for people who are used to betting offshore, they're going to be, they're going to be shopping lines. Whoever, like if you have bad lines, they're not, you're not going to convert those customers. And then, you know, I think it's going to come, it might come down to the best product. Like, uh, I don't think there's any question that 
the the DraftKings sportsbook, at least the app, is is better than what we've seen from MGM so far. Of course, MGM I don't think is not done with their product. They're they're going to update it and, and tweak it, and they they also have you know a standing online casino and poker room, so they have advantages there. But I think product is going to be a, a big thing uh, moving forward, and who has the best product um, is going to be a, a major deal, and and who comes out on top in the early days of New Jersey sports betting. Yeah, and one of the interesting things too, I think that, and I think we mentioned it on this podcast whenever these deals were announced. I mean. The, the app that you see now from the MGM app is not going to be the app that's going to be their forever app because they're going to be switching providers due to their uh, due to their um, partnerships that they got. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting as well. Whenever that happens, uh, I'm not real sure on that. But pretty interesting. I mean, the, the vibe in the sports book was was kind of like you said, Dustin, when you were there. Um, still, I think people are kind of getting getting used to it. And again, just this, we don't really know until football season starts what's going on because it's kind of just a still in a fairly dead time of year. So there wasn't a ton of, you know, real buzz about, you know, the these kind of like dog days baseball games that were going on. So we'll see how that happens on a Sunday whenever NFL season rolls around. So we'll take a look uh, then, but Brett, I, I guess my, my, my question for you is whenever you, whenever you look at this and you see all these apps like popping up, what have you, what have you seen on the Twitter machine from people? Have there been any reactions you've seen from guys that are big, uh, gamblers there on the East coast? Nothing yet from MGM or sugar house. Uh, I played around with the MGM app. Fortunately, we are able to, uh, download it on Android and take a look at it. Even if we're not located, located in New Jersey, it is very basic, uh, so, I mean, look, you know, comparing it to DraftKings and probably Sugar House as well right now, you're looking at something that's just uh, the very minimal. But you're also going to see lines and offerings that you've been accustomed to for years. The, uh, I mean, the lines have been one of the most... Uh, they've received some of the most negative feedback at DraftKings, and that's been one of the big issues for them so far. So if you are a line shopper and you've been waiting for, for this... Uh, in New Jersey, I think MGM's a, a good start for you. Heading on to Pennsylvania here, this is one of the biggest news, I guess, like the, that we had come out here fairly recently. Um, Dustin, Eric, whoever wants to take this, um, but we actually have someone who wants to take sports bets there. Yeah, I think there's some question about whether anybody would be getting in. I mean, some people would question it. I, I think it was always likely that people were going to get into the sports betting business there, despite the kind of high taxation rate and licensing fee there. Um, everybody's going to. So we saw Pennsylvania, uh, Penn National, uh, which runs a Hollywood casino kind of in the middle of the state. They put their sports betting application in. It's certainly not going to be the last. Others are, are going to join them. We know we know people have plans for sports betting, just haven't uh, actually petitioned gaming regulators there. So um, the first signs of movement there. And we think uh, I think the national said they could be up and running with their retail book as as early as this fall. Eric. I think they're the first uh, first group to be licensed in. I'm just thinking out loud here. First group to be licensed in four states. They have uh, Nevada, Pennsylvania now application and also West Virginia and Mississippi uh, operational. So four states for Penn National. Pretty cool. Breaking news from Eric Ramsey. First First I'm operator. Gonna to, I'm gonna have to double check your work. I'm oh double, boy! I was, like I said, thinking uh, I, out loud you, might here. Be, you might, you might, be, you might be right. I have to, uh, but uh, without looking at our giant matrix of who, yeah. who is who's where, I think. But you could be right. Maybe you know not what? The only it's one. a, they're, it's they're a, they're at least in four. Yeah, you know what? It's a good thing that uh, we don't have that email address this week because people would be, <laughs> be proving you wrong, Eric, and sending all kinds of hate mail. So we'll just wait on next prove week. Eric, for... Prove Eric Ramsey wrong. That's yes. Yes, I like it a lot. Um, Eric, we have a lawsuit as well going on there in Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, so part of this is, you know, this uh, this gaming expansion that allows sports betting also allows lottery expansion into uh, online lottery, virtual sports, Kino, uh, online draw games. Um, and the casinos are not happy. Uh, they have officially brought suit against the the uh, casino style games available online. And they're also pretty peeved about the virtual sports that launched uh, I think just this last week it launched. Um, so yeah, we knew these that that the casinos and the lottery program were going to be at odds with each other, but it's uh, sort of coming to a head in the in the legal system now. And finally, here in Pennsylvania, one of the things, and listen, we'll we'll give some commentary on this in a second. But DFS revenue tends to be struggling right now for the numbers that you that just came out, right, Dustin? Yeah, I mean, we saw, I mean, I don't think this is a, a huge shock, but there was not a ton of revenue that, come, that came out of Pennsylvania. This is one of the few places where we have kind of regular insight into what kind of revenue a state they're doing in a state. And what I think it was like, uh, it was less than a million dollars of revenue that DraftKings, FanDuel, and the rest of the Fantasy Sports Universe earned in Pennsylvania, which by which by way of comparison, I've pointed out, like single physical sports books that have launched in New Jersey are, are creating more revenue than that in, in the early days of New Jersey sports betting. So I think that, that points to the why FanDuel and DraftKings are saying, hey, let's let's get into sports betting. This is this is the future. This is where they have a chance to really grow their revenue and grow grow what they're doing uh, beyond just DFS. Yeah, and I think just and and not that it's going to skyrocket or anything like that, but uh, one of those one of those things, Brett, that we've we've talked about and we bring this up with the whole sports betting numbers as well. It, it carries over into DFS because obviously they're very closely uh you know joined in there when it comes down to seasonality and things like that and you know this is this is not a good time for sports yeah uh, that is that's for sure but i mean at the same time i mean this is this is probably just the beginning i mean we've talked about this for a lot of people dfs served as a replacement for sports betting in the u.s so as legal sports betting ramps up you're going to see some business pulled away from fantasy sports and over to sports betting yeah, definitely. And I think that we're going to see a lot of a lot of interesting crossover from those companies as well. Once that gets up and going, uh, we've already heard about some of the things they'll be doing. And uh, I, I think there's going to be even more of that pretty interesting stuff. Um, heading on to the actual DFS space here, like we mentioned, we are now a week and a week and a few days away from f- actual NFL, real NFL football that counts going on on your television each and every week for the next five months and it's going to be glorious it is every single year but when that happens we start getting some of these contests and new features and new things announced in the dfs industry of course we mentioned that DraftKings was the first to post kind of their massive tournament that millionaire maker tournament that they do five million guaranteed on that so that was a pretty big week one announcement here but uh brett over at fanduel they uh they're they're making listen fanduel we said kind of sat idly by here for the last you know kind of 18 months and whatnot but since they made the transition here and they're at least trying new things and rolling out some innovation and trying to do some new things and uh they made some announcements this week yeah first of all they got rid of kickers that is the greatest news you could <laughs> ever have in fantasy sports but i i think fandle has done a really good job in the lab they've come up with some new ideas and you talked about some of that dfs and sports betting crossover uh you're starting to see similar synthesis at DraftKings and fandle where uh both have introduced some free contests that uh, some just some pickers, uh, some pickums, some survivor contests. Uh, Fanduel introduced a new guru feature where it actually helps uh, new DFS players build lineups. So you're uh, bringing uh, you're bringing some of the less experienced uh, fantasy players in, and, and becomes a less uh, 
a less how do you want to say it arduous it, task. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there you yes, go. Yes. A less intimidating environment for the new for the uh, inexperienced player. So I, I like what Vandal is doing here, and uh, they're certainly letting people know that they are also a sports betting product as well. Yeah, and it, listen, it was a redesigned kind of lobby as well for them. I was shocked whenever I d- logged on the other day and saw, and one of the things is right when you get to that home page, it basically will show you the contest with the biggest payouts. It's like, here's how you can make the most money, and it just has them all lined up in a row right in front of you there. And listen, that is the smart way to, to get these casual guys, right? I mean, like you don't want them having to fish through a, a, a lobby trying to figure out what they want to play. You basically tell them what they want to play. And that's what they're doing here. You get there and it's like five contests right in front of your face. It's this one's a $3 buy-in. This one's an $8 buy-in. This one's a $20 buy-in. All these pay six figures to first place. And these are the ones you want to play so you can get rich, you know? And I mean, this is basically what they should have been doing, I think, a long time ago. Uh, You mentioned those pick them and survivor contests. I mean, you can enter those things for free. I mean, they they are really trying to go after the super casual person and Eric, I, I imagine you're going to be playing the Survivor Contest, and I think that you're going to win. I have a feel, I have a real good chance that you're going to that you're going to win that thing. I think I you're going to take it home. I actually talked with the the head of product this week, and I kind of broke character for a minute when we got onto Survivor and told him that I'm just desperately excited to play Survivor <laughs> this year. I love that format; it's it's great. You know, 250k up top. It's just a fun, quick, casual format to play. And uh, Dustin, in the DraftKings side of things here from from DFS, before we get onto their product stuff, uh, Jason Robbins. Guy that obviously is never one to shy away from a, a microphone has done kind of a press tour here recently. Yeah, he's uh, was on a bunch of uh, TV shows, news outlets talking about the future of DraftKings, uh, talking about the, their their future in sports betting, uh, doing uh, promoting FlashDraft, this the the quick uh, quarter by quarter uh, DFS product that they just launched or will will be launching for for NFL season. Um, yeah, so he's you know he's out there again. Um, we're you know, slightly surprised that we haven't heard DraftKings uh, raising another round yet. I'd say that's. Uh, you know, I'm slightly shocked that it hasn't happened yet. It's it's possible something's happened behind the scenes that we don't know about. But you know, DraftKings is going through this massive expansion. You know, I think it's it's pretty well known that they could use money for the marketing side and just for these hundreds of hires they're trying to do on the sportsbook side and on the DFS side for that matter. So yeah, so uh, Jason Robbins out there and uh, trying to uh, yeah paint the picture for the for a, a vibrant future for DraftKings, which isn't a, necessarily a hard sell right now. Now, while I try to pretend I'm the smartest person in the room on this podcast, I will admit when I'm wrong. I think that is a I think that is what? a great sign of a smart person is when to, he can admit when he is wrong. Uh, Brett, this is one of the times I was very wrong. I sat here on this on this podcast, and and you and I, and I think Dustin was on with us, and we debated this topic, and we said, yeah, there's probably just not a lot of upside here, no reason to do it, and then of course, uh, DraftKings decided to bring college football back. <laughs> Yeah, I was shocked by this. I this is would have been one of the last sports I expected to see in on their menu this 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 winter. I, I was not expecting it. I I have mixed feelings on this because as much as I enjoyed playing, I'm kind of anti anything betting on college athletics. So uh, am I going to play it? Probably, but it, ah, man, I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm worried about the long term effects of just jumping right back into this and angering uh, 
potentially the NCAA? Is that is that a concern here? I can tell you one thing: you will not be playing. You because, won't be playing because yeah. only twenty six states can actually play, and <laughs> oh! New York is, and New yeah, York sorry, is buddy. not one of those states. So you will actually not be playing. So you will look from afar when everyone's tweeting about all the money they're winning, and you're like, "Damn I it!" Can play in or- I can play in Oregon. Yes, yes, yes. So only twenty six states can actually play the college football contest in DraftKings. And Dustin, from my kind of like cursory look at the list of states that can. It's basically all the states that don't have formal laws, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, if you passed a law, if you're a state that passed a law in the past three years when DraftKings and FanDuel were going to state legislatures and saying pass this law, as a you know as a uh, a tat tip to the NCAA, they're just basically saying, hey, let's ban college football or college basketball, any kind of college sports, just so we're not pissing off the NBA, uh, the not the NBA, the NCAA. Um, so we're we're not sure why that happened or why the change of heart for DraftKings. The 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 one prevailing thought is that the NCAA had, had threatened a lawsuit under under PASPA, which is obviously now bad law, that they would tr- try to shut down the contest for for DraftKings and FanDuel. So um, that PASPA has gone away. DraftKings can now apparently like whatever the NCAA said probably doesn't care. It'll be interesting to see if uh, you know get more there are more DFS laws that are still places where they could they could try to pass laws whether this college ban uh is retained or if they kind of say eh, we're, we're done with that um but yeah i think this is basically now saying we we're, we don't really care what the ncaa thinks we're just gonna we're gonna move forward with what we want to do and eric uh, you know this is obviously you being in new york you're not going to be able to play either but what is your what's your feeling on the whole college football contest i mean i know that we've seen the numbers that's been reported anyway that it was such a blip on the radar when it actually came to handle for these for these sites um i don't know the interesting decision right yeah interesting it was actually you know back when they had uh college contests before i was in a different state and could play those and it's one of my favorite games to play for fantasy it's really high scoring it's volatile and if you want to Um, talk about one and and this is one of the things where if you do want to talk about a contest where there's an edge college there is a very 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 big edge because the player pool is so massive and most of the time the information that's out there is really focused around just the you know big three or four games of the week right because it's just it's that's just kind of the way it is if there's two ranked teams playing that's where it's going to get the most coverage and so it it is a game where like you said one I loved it I totally 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 loved it and it might have been because it was by far my highest ROI sport (laughs) that that I've ever played um because it's if, if you're willing to put in the work, you are going to have a, a just such a huge edge over just the the average guy. Also learned a lot of future NFL players from playing college fantasy. You know, you learn a lot of those guys early. Uh, Boom fantasy. I got an email right before we went on right before we started recording that they're going to offer college this season too. We'll see if FanDuel does. Yeah, I have no problem with. You know, I also part of me is really disliking the NCAA these days. So part of me just wants all these guys to roll back out contests. Yeah, I get it. And I, mean, I guess at the end of the day, for me, from a fantasy aspect, I've never really had a problem with the college side of things because you only score points for doing good things. So like the whole throwing it aspect doesn't really play into fantasy sports. Like there's no, you can't be like, Hey, I'm going to play so much better for you. If you pay me off, like that's just not how it works. So, I mean, there, there's, there's not a, there really, I, I would say zero risk actually of any sort of any craziness going on in that, because just the nature of the contest themselves is the only way you can do well. And the only way you can win money in these contests is for someone to do well and they can't promise you that they're going to 
play exponentially better because you're giving them like a piece of your winnings or something. And even then you're not guaranteed to win because you're picking players from all these different teams and all these different outcomes. So, I mean, Dustin, I, I understand it's just a, it's a sticky thing just because it is amateur sports, but from the aspect of integrity, it just, from fa- the way fantasy sports are played, it just doesn't really play into it. Yeah, I mean, there's zero integrity issues with playing, you know, fantasy contests. Although, I mean, you do have, you're going to have single game uh, college contests too, I'm sure, or and quarter contests. Like, you know, the, the more you boil this down, you know, the little dicier it gets. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be throwing or fixing the DraftKings college football contest. <laughs> it's not, it's uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not, it's uh, the more you boil down and make it easier, the more that becomes rich, the more, the more you make it like sports betting. And also I was out there and I hadn't even thought about until we started talking about this, there's also the the uh, case in Indiana court where the uh, college football players are suing DraftKings and Vandal for for having college college uh, fantasy and using their likenesses, their statistics. So uh, that's a, a little uh, little wrinkle that we'll we'll see throw we're seeing thrown in there while that court case is still active. Yeah, we will definitely continue to update you on that as that proceeds as well one of the big stories and and i should say before we move on here of course if you want to get deeper into all of these topics please head to legalsportsreport.com onlinepokerreport.com thelines.com playpennsylvania.com all of those sites really digging in hard into all of these topics and have a big big breakdown of course really great writers doing all that for us now one of the one of the stories that went up over the lines just this morning if you want to take a look over there it's kind of a playoff of a a story that David Purdom did where he was talking about how these some of these sports books out there are banning some of the big time winning players the quote-unquote sharps if you will um, for me, it, it, I live in such a bubble and I've been around gambling for so incredibly long and, and everything that this was like a non-story to me just cause I just knew it was just a, com- it was commonplace that it happened overseas. Um, and, and, and some places kind of around town in Las Vegas and whatnot. So for me, it, it didn't really raise all that big of an eyebrow, but this has been a really huge story for everybody else and it just kind of really hits home how how new all of this is going to be to everyone and how new the way that the operations go is going to be to everyone and uh and this is something i've got to continue to remember as we you know report on these things that stuff that seems commonplace to me or that the the knowledge seems like it's just out there isn't necessarily the case but uh let's start with you brett just kind of break this down on uh, what purdom reported and then the, the kind of the take that's going on over at the lines right now yeah, it was a really good article by David Purdom this week. Uh, he sparked a lot of debate about sportsbooks rejecting the business of sharp bettors, uh, people who they deem to be long-term winners at sports betting and could hurt their bottom line. Uh, like you said, this practice has been going on for a long time, especially in the UK, made its way over to Vegas. And now with sports betting expansion happening everywhere in the US, well, almost everywhere, but people are asking more questions about the reasons behind these methods that sportsbooks are enacting. And... I certainly see and understand the arguments from both sides here. Uh, a sharp better uh, wants to be given the same opportunities as a losing better, but that's not necessarily how this works with a for-profit company, especially right. when there's a lot of money at risk. You know, right. companies people don't tune in here to hear you like sit on the fence here. Like, pick a yeah. side. Pick a no, people aren't tuning <laughs> in for for you to be like, oh, you know, I like both sides here. Which what what side do you sit on here? Uh, man, it's, 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 it's tricky. Cause I, 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 
I I can see both sides. I mean, I, look, I I just for me I just for me I don't. I'll, really pick, a, I'll pick a side. I'll, I'll say, <laughs> I, I agree with Chops's take on uh, on where the lines where these is a poor profit company. If they want to ban people, uh, they should. This is a free market, more or less. Not I mean, it's not an entirely free market. There's going to be a lot of operators though. This is and it's not a new thing for casinos to ban winning players. If you are uh, if you're counting cards at blackjack, you get kicked out. This is like this is like uh, you know I understand that people are going to get upset about it and understand that it's maybe not the best thing and, and you know if, if states want to stop that practice they have they can make laws they can make regulations it's in new jersey they, they've said if you're just banning somebody for winning you can't do that that's within new jersey's right but like, I, like to say that there's something fundamentally wrong with banning players who you know are going to win money from you like uh, like i just i just don't see how that's a huge problem eric where do you land on this topic Right squarely on the fence. I'm, 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 <laughs> no, I, I, he's, I'm same, see, same as Brett. I, you know, I, I see both sides. I will, I'll, you know, the counterpoint is that uh, you don't want to present the optics that uh, if you're a new better, that if you start winning, you'll be cut off. That's not good for the market, you know. But that's a risk that operators are assuming. If if operators want to start uh, turning away action or limiting it and develop that reputation, then that's the you know a business decision they're going to have to make. Um, you know, it happens in other blackjack tables. You, you people are not allowed to play blackjack at certain casinos because they're too good at blackjack. Uh, same, same thing with sports betting. This is a, a free market. Businesses can choose to manage their business how they see fit. Yeah, yeah. This is, to me, it's a free market thing. Like this is like if if William Hill is going to ban players, which you know it's, I think it's fairly well known that they do. If then you have other, you're going to have other options in New Jersey, and you have the other options about it. You're going to have other options in other states. This is not the only game in town. So if this is some awful thing that that William Hill is doing, then that should bear itself out in the market. If it's otherwise, it's you just say okay, they're 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 getting rid of some of their risk. They're getting rid of people who are going to win their money. I think I just think it's uh you know I. I think it's something that's more of a thing for for capitalism free market than something that needs to be regulated but it, again if it needs to be regulated that states can do that it's not like it's off the table yeah and i mean this is one of those things where i think you just have to look at the the big picture here i mean these you know these teams that run these sports books i mean they're not it's not the wild wild west right like they're not just doing whatever they want to do and however it plays out it plays out i mean they have they have bosses to report to. They have boards of directors. They have shareholders. They have everything like that. I mean, this is not one of those things where you can just just run at it all willy nilly and be like, ah, you know what? Well, we're losing money, but uh, that's just the way it is. And so you, you can't do that. And so you you look at it, and like you said, Dustin, there are books, and I, I know for a fact, like there are books that that actually love the fact that that some of these casinos ban these guys because they will take the action. They look at it from a long term perspective. That at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I, I imagine that I will eventually be able to, to win. I'm still putting out, you know, 11 to 10 lines. I mean, it's, you know, I'm still, I'm still making my 10 cents. So, I mean, there's yeah, offshore books, offshore books are loving yeah. this. Yeah. Well, I that's, mean, that's my big issue here is that we're, we're running the risk of allowing more business to offshore books by rejecting bets in these new markets. And obviously we ha we haven't seen any instances of this happening yet, but you know, if, if these sports books are rejecting bets of, new betters in new markets then that's where my issue is yeah i mean i guess the odds are that a new better coming in and laying you know massive amounts of money down um is probably pretty shallow anyway i would think because most of those guys who are going to be betting uh, life-changing amounts of money 
are most likely betting anyway. They're going to, you know, they're already betting offshore or they're making trips to Vegas for the, the big events and different things like that. So or they're part of some sort of syndicate or whatever it might be. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just look at it from the from the standpoint that there will always be someone to take that money. Um, there's always going to be people who want to be more risk averse than there are people who will take on and assume more risk. And that's, you know, from from both sides. I mean, from from behind the counter and from the on the other side of the counter. So to me, it's a it's a story that I get you want to put out there. People were unaware this was going on and whatnot, but it's nothing new. It's certainly been happening for for a long time, and it's certainly something that's not going to go away sans some sort of, you know, laws or restrictions or legislation that, that takes place because in the in the long term, the, the sports books still have to make money or they're going to get shut down. We've talked about that the margins are slim as hell as it is, and they're more of an amenity than anything else for these casinos. And so if they start draining on the bottom line, then you know, people are gonna lose their jobs. <laughs> people are going to be people are going to be looking at, at other casino jobs because they're not going to have the job in the sports hey, but, but at least we took the sharp action and did the right thing i mean, I mean that's, that's, right. that's what you're asking people to, to say right right yeah i know just 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 crazy stuff there but if you want to check out the the our take or at least chops take over on the lines.com uh please do that now before we get out of here one last thing we kind of brought this up last week on the on the show but one of the things i didn't bring up and, and really really showed up the last week or so here as we really get into heading into football season is the promotion of these offshore sports books. And Brett, you and I kind of had a little back and forth on the on the Slack because, you know, a very well-respected site in the industry, not only a very well-respected site in the industry, but a site that gets uh, referenced several times on national media broadcasts and gets tons of promotion on national media broadcasts, national football broadcasts and things like that. Um, we tune in and, you know, listen, we pay a good amount of money to be subscription, to be subscribers. And then we click on a section the other day. And what did we find? Uh, we found a featured offshore sports book right <laughs> in our face. And I'm not going to look, I'm not going to name names. I, I just think we have to talk about this because like you said, it is becoming sort of an epidemic here leading into football season. And the sad thing is, I'm seeing this from people that I've respected for a long time. Right now, it feels like we're seeing more promotion of these offshore books than ever before. People are treating it like the gates have opened for every gambling website on the planet to offer legal betting in the U.S. And obviously, that is not the case. And now is the worst time to be promoting unregulated sports books because we've got this massive effort underway to regulate sports betting in the U.S. and wipe out all of the illegal activity that's been, that's been taking place. So, I mean, it should be on all of us who work in the industry in some capacity who have a voice like we do to be educating people about what's going on with sports betting in the U.S. right now and why these offshore sites are such a huge obstruction. And that's not happening. And yeah. it seems like some well-known influencers and content creators are opting for the quick money grab from these offshore so from eric, these offshore sites right now eric the thing that kind of strikes me really funny about all this is the fact that just because paspa was repealed by the supreme court it did it does not change a single damn thing about what's your relationship as a business with any of these offshore sports books so these companies that never would have taken a dime 
from an offshore sports book one year ago all of a sudden are doing all these partnerships and taking all these ad ad dollars and everything from these offshore sports books because of a law that got repealed that made it legal within the United States for states to legalize sports betting. It did nothing at all. Nothing changed with your relationship with these offshore sports books. So what what opens the floodgates is, is crazy to me. Yeah, it's another thing, you know, we need to be careful of as this industry rolls out is the way, you know, offshore sports books are also very happy about widespread sports betting in the U.S. Because like we talked about, sharps are staying staying offshore and they're getting some publicity from folks that shouldn't be promoting them in the U.S. There's a lot of new companies, a lot of new startups in media and in the sports gambling space that are that have done this before publicly that are fighting you know, sources they shouldn't. Uh, yeah, don't expect this to uh, don't expect it to stop without some sort of intervention or some sort of um, escalation of this conversation. So more people become aware because this is the way it's going and it's going to keep going this way for the foreseeable future. It seems like to me. And and Dustin, this is where I actually I want to lead this to you. And, and hopefully you have some it, it, hopefully you have some inside information. And if not, at least you'll have some some really good insight on this. But I mean, it almost is like we're going to have to have like a body in the streets, right? Before this is before this is curtailed. I mean, like one of the major sites gets kind of like you know Black Friday, if you will, it, it, along the way, and then now these other ones kind of like start going, oh shit, what's going on now? I mean, I, I can't imagine that we see these guys really pull back until somebody takes the steps to 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 really fight them. Yeah, I mean, right now, like Eric alluded to, this is a salad days for them. I mean, people if you listen to this podcast, you're at least pretty much aware of the general uh, – what's going on in sports betting in the United States. Some people thought – I mean, there are still people out there, I'm sure, who thinks that sports betting is just legal everywhere. So they go type in sports betting in Google, and they come up they come up with a variety of, of – of sites that or that rank on page one, so they they get they're getting the search traffic. They're putting a ton of money into marketing, so that's why you're seeing some of this promotion by uh, by people in the United States who wouldn't have taken that money before because they just have they're they're emptying the bank. Because right now they have this window where in search interest in sports betting is high, and we can we can attract that traffic if we do a little bit more marketing. So yeah, I don't. There, it's not. This is this dynamic is not going away, and it's gonna. It's like it's right now is probably you know. The, maybe the best time to be an offshore book in the short term until, you know, until what you said, like you said, something bad happens or until somebody in the United States or regulators get kind of uh, get more interested in trying to shut them down. Yeah, New Jersey's trying. The, yeah, yeah. This could be one of the benefits of a federal sports betting law, right? Like expedited removal of these offshore sites. Yeah, New Jersey's trying to do this. They, you know, we talked about this a little last week, but it's not really clear how much they can do at the state level. That that is something that may need to be accomplished at the yeah, federal any, level. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. If anything that comes to go full circle, if anything comes out of a congressional bill, if it's not for, uh, increased enforcement uh, of offshore betting, then against that, against that, trying to stop it from happening, then like I think there's no point to doing federal regulation. If you're just trying to set up guidelines that make it, you know, uh, kind of around for all the states, but you don't do anything to to combat the black market then I think then you have a problem with yeah, anything that's coming out of Congress. Exactly. I mean, we sit here and, and we say like, okay, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook versus PlayMGM versus FanDuel Sportsbook versus Sugar House. But really, it's all those guys versus the offshore books right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're not really competing with each other. They're competing with the offshore books. And so hopefully something is done there. And like you said, Dustin, if, if, if anything were to come federally and it didn't address that, then I think it would be an abject failure. Uh, with anything there guys we abject failure good 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 use of that term 
Yes. Uh, guys, I appreciate you being here. This has been a fun, fun 45 minutes podcast here with all four guys. I mean, Eric, again, off the AOL dial-up. Dustin, not traveling to parts unknown. And we have Brett not ranting on Twitter. Yeah, right. Brett puts out one tweet every month. But uh, yes, it was. Yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. If, if I start seeing more promotion of these offshore sites, I might be tweeting. Out oh, the boy. That's a reason. That is a yeah. reason to follow you now on the Twitter machine. <laughs> and people can do that where? At Brett Colson. Yes, for all the fire takes. Uh, Eric, we have still, you're still underscore, right? I'm still underscore. Eric underscore Ramsey. And and Dustin, I mean, that that last name's tricky, so spell it for people. Let's do this. Uh, Dustin, G-O-U-K-E-R on the Twitter machine. There we go. And if you want me, I'm at Matt Brown M2. Guys, thanks for being here. We will see you all next week. Mm